0: Well, hello everybody. It is so wonderful to be with you today here again online. And um, you know, it's also been so wonderful to see all the people that have been able to come out and join us for our in-person services that we've been having here at the Lifehouse Center outside. And um, we're going to continue to have those in-person outside Sunday services for as long as possible and for as long as the weather permits but we are also exploring indoor meeting options at the moment. And so as soon as those details are finalized, we will let you know about that. But today, we are picking up from James's message last week, where he highlighted the contrast between living from a place of self-sufficiency and living out of the all-sufficiency of Jesus. And today, I just want to hold out some truths for us that will hopefully both encourage and equip us as we continue to walk through these very uncertain times. Our key text for today is Psalm 27 verses 1 through 4 and this is my favorite Psalm but that's not the reason that I'm sharing it with us. The reason I'm bringing it to us today is because it's such a foundational scripture both for my life and I believe it's a foundational scripture for us as a church and really for every believer no matter what the circumstances are that we find ourselves living in. And um, so let's read it and we're going to just dive right in and we're going to just see the glorious truth and the hope and just the lovely life-giving perspective that God wants to hold out to us today. So let's read it. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, Now, over the past six months, um, during this pandemic season, there has been a palpable spirit of fear trying to get hold of people. And, you know, fear comes when there is darkness, when there is uncertainty, when there is a lack of knowledge and understanding, when there's a lack financially, generally, where there's any kind of lack, fear is going to result. And you know we live in an age where knowledge is readily accessible. Yet in this season, where we have desperately needed sound knowledge, uh, we have lacked that. Um, people across the world have become very aware of the lack of of knowledge that is helpful. And. Um, We've faced something unprecedented. And so it has been as though the world has been floundering in darkness. But the truth for us as the people of God is this. And it's verse one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. He's the one who illuminates the darkness. He is our life. He's our salvation. Life and light results from him. And I don't know uh, what it's like for you, but I just know with my children, um, they always seem to get sick in the middle of the night and um, you know you're sitting there with them and it's the middle of the night and you're so tired and you're concerned for them and there's always just this sense for me that things will get better as soon as the morning comes I, and I find myself longing for the darkness to lift. And um, there's a sense that it's going to be better as soon as it's light again. And that's what it's like for you and me when we walk with the Lord. Um, He is our light. And. um, you know, in Revelation twenty one verse twenty three it says um of the speaking of the city that uh, we where we will live one day with, with um Jesus and it says the city has no need of sun or moon for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. Isn't that so beautiful? Jesus is the light and it's what David was proclaiming over 3,000 years ago and it's the truth that we live in now and will always live in. Jesus is our light. And then um, David makes this very bold declaration. He goes on and he doesn't just say the Lord is my light and my salvation but he declares this. He says the Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Basically he's saying there is nothing and no one to fear if the Lord is my stronghold. So David is saying my protection, my hope, my peace, doesn't come from myself. It doesn't come from how well prepared I am. It doesn't come from how capable I am. It does not come from how much capacity I have. It doesn't even come from how much I understand about my circumstances. David is saying my peace and my protection actually doesn't come from me at all. He says, I have no need to fear anything or anyone because the Lord is my stronghold. He says, I am not self-sufficient. He is my all-sufficient one, my stronghold. So there's this very bold declaration, and it's probably really good then to actually examine what is a stronghold. So if you go to um, most of the um, acceptable dictionaries to find this definition, you're going to find a stronghold being described as a building or a fortress, a fort, a castle, a tower or a citadel that has been tightly secured to withstand any attack. Um, In Proverbs 18, we're told that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And it's just this picture of this uh, fortified um, building and, um, and it can withstand any attack. But that's not the only definition of a stronghold and this pertains to our situation right now this second definition the second definition of a stronghold is that it can also be a particular belief or ideology that is firmly upheld defended believed and trusted and that is such a key word for us a stronghold is what we depend on believe in firmly upheld hold and trust so we actually see that strongholds in our lives are developed by what we think by thought patterns and thought patterns are formed by what we choose to believe the most and what we choose to trust and so where we put our trust actually becomes a stronghold. So for example, if I only entertain thoughts about how worried I am, or about how I'm going to get through the pandemic, or how afraid I am of getting COVID, or I find myself with a constant low grade worry, always worrying that something somehow is going to go wrong. um, When I find myself always waiting for the other proverbial shoe to drop, Um, Or when I'm always thinking this is too good to be true. Surely something bad is going to happen. When when I think like that on a regular basis, when I start to entertain that way of thinking and it becomes a pattern, then I am likely setting up a stronghold and in this case it would be a stronghold of fear. I'm actually building thought patterns and putting my trust in the fear that those things are going to happen. And I'm actually really, I'm helping to build um, a stronghold that the enemy is going to actually be able to use to work in my life. I'm exercising faith and confidence in something negative. And you know, I've said it before to us a number of times, fear is just faith being exercised in the wrong kingdom. And, you know, scripture says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. True, godly faith is confidence that what God says about himself and about us is true. It's relying on him. It's choosing to trust him and acting accordingly. So faith really is about who we trust. And who we trust or what we trust becomes a stronghold in our life. Bill Johnson says this, and I just love this quote, he says, When we trust God, the battle does not necessarily go away, but the fear does. Isn't that wonderful? When we trust God, the battle doesn't necessarily go away, but the fear does. So now we go on to verse 3 and 4. And in our verse 3, David declares that no matter What the enemy has planned, he is not going to stumble. And why? It's because the Lord is his stronghold. He even goes on and he declares that it's the enemy that's actually going to stumble and fall. I love that. He's so confident. And he's like, actually, what you've planned is going to just be turned around and it's going to come back on you. Because he says, you're the one that's going to stumble and fall. It's not me because the Lord is my stronghold. And then David uses this really great strategy that we can all totally learn from. He talks to himself. (laughs) And that just gives me a lot of hope because I find myself often walking around the shops or different places and I'm singing to myself or I'm talking to myself and suddenly I realize, oh my goodness, people are looking at me. And so I've actually rather enjoyed having to wear a mask because it somehow doesn't make it as obvious, you know, that I'm actually talking or kind of humming to myself. But David talks to himself and I highly recommend this strategy because what he does is he is determining how he is going to respond to his circumstances. And um, he's basically saying, even though my circumstances are getting worse and worse and worse, because if you read that psalm, they really are. Uh, Things things are just um, escalating um, in the negative. But he says, I am going to talk to myself and he actually says my heart he chooses to say my heart will not fear whenever you see that word heart in scripture it doesn't it doesn't mean our physical heart and it doesn't mean what we in the western world uh, now tend to think um, of as just emotion what it actually means in in um, the biblical context is our seat of thought and will and emotion. So there's so much more um, that is encompassed in this term heart. And so David says, My heart will not fear. He talks to himself and he's saying, My thoughts, my will, my emotions, you will not succumb to fear because the Lord is my stronghold. So we as believers, we have the mind of Christ. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Um, He's made his home with us. So we are actually in better circumstances than David was when he could declare this. And so if he could say um, and could command his heart to not fear, then we certainly can. And basically, we need to be saying to ourselves during this time, I know who God is. Therefore, I will line up what I feel with what is true which is that God is my stronghold, so I will be confident, even if the situation keeps getting worse and worse. I will not fear. Now, I just want to give you a a quick example of this, where this psalm actually uh, turned a whole situation around for me. When James and I got engaged, um, I had already, I'd been working as a project manager for an IT company and the company owed me six months salary and it's a really long story and you might think, oh my gosh, you're ridiculous to have stayed, but there were a lot of circumstances involved and we kept on getting promised that we would be paid and, and anyway, I was owed six months salary, I just got engaged and a week later, the company completely folded, they went bankrupt, they shut their doors and I was without a job. And, um, and then a week after that, uh, the place where James was working told him that they could no longer afford to pay him. And so we were in awful, awful circumstances. And it just kept getting worse from there. And I won't bore you with the details, but it was, it, it, honestly, it's laughable now, but it was horrendous and it was quite terrifying. But God had said to us that we would be married by the end of that year. We got engaged in the September and God was saying, you'll actually be married by the end of the year. We had no idea how that was going to actually um, happen. And as I say, things just got, kept getting worse and worse and worse and uh, we literally we had no money it was it we we were quite frantic and you know the one the one night I was just um, talking to God and I was just pouring my heart out to him and he highlighted this Psalm for me and then he said to me do you want to do this your way or my way and I had to confront my self-sufficiency in that moment and realized that the reason I was so frantic and so disturbed was because I was trying to bring something about that God actually wanted to bring about and um, when I just yielded to God um, and allowed him to be my stronghold the difference was remarkable and uh, that's a story for another time but the favor that God poured out the, really the miraculous way he he put our wedding together I mean he even drew out it was like he showed me a blueprint of even how to do things he told us where to find a venue I mean he literally undertook um, every detail and provided um, in every single detail and so it, it's always such a reminder for me of the difference between living um, under I guess a stronghold of self-sufficiency and then living from a place where God is the all-sufficient one. So really during this pandemic time there are two uh, strongholds that have really been highlighted and we've been speaking about the first one which can be the stronghold of fear uh, which is often developed when we or built up when we are placing our faith in the wrong thing. Um, And the second one is this stronghold of self-sufficiency which God has really been highlighting. And you know, it's so often what happens, I think as believers is that we buy into this lie that we are called to do things for God. And honestly, that is self-sufficiency disguised as religious work, because at the very essence of that, very often is pride and self-righteousness. Because here's the truth, God is all sufficient. He doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need us to do anything for him. Instead, what he does is he calls us into partnership with him, right? He says, I want you to stay in step with me. I want everything you do to be as a result of our relationship of love. It's very different than saying, I'm going to do something for the Lord. He doesn't want that. And um, you know we we so often we burn out, and um, it's because we're not living with Him as our stronghold. The the one He doesn't He's not the one in whom we're trusting. If we're honest with ourselves, we're trusting more in our own self sufficiency than we are in Him, and um, instead we're often often living in this place and calling it working for Jesus. But really it isn't because here's the deal. Jesus does not burn his people out. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus doesn't deplete his people. Jesus doesn't divide. Jesus doesn't want families so busy doing his work that they don't even have time for each other, right? A stronghold of self-sufficiency, my friends, only has one ending. It's called fatigue, weariness, burnout, disillusionment and disappointment. It's not worth it. And I really believe in this time God is highlighting it because he knows many of us are weary, we are tired, we have done everything we can possibly do to make the situation bearable and it's still not enough. And God is calling us into a place of recognizing that he wants to be our stronghold. He is our all sufficiency and he doesn't want us to be depleted through this time. In fact, he wants us to be energized and emboldened to take his love and his power and the gospel to those that are feeling the way that I've just described. And so self-sufficiency, honestly, it's terrifying because eventually when you hit a place in your life where you realize you don't have the capacity you need, um, the lack of it just stares you in the face and it's brutal. It really is. And it can be a very terrifying and lonely place. But the beautiful thing is, if you find yourself In one of these two places that I've been speaking about today, either you are recognizing as you're listening to this that you have been setting up a stronghold of fear from from out of which you've been living, or you've been living from a place of self-sufficiency. The wonderful news is this in verse 4, David says this. He says, There is only one thing that I long for, he says, and that's to be with you, Lord. Everything is put right when I am with you. And uh, he says everything is put right when we are with God and we have his perspective and his peace and his protection. And that is always his heart for us. We just have to choose to come to that place where we recognize I need the Lord as my stronghold. He is the only thing that is important and he is the only one that I need Because everything else needs to result from that place. So, the great news for us, as always, is that. We just have to repent. If we have been living out of self-sufficiency or we've been living from that place of fear, we just have to repent, which means we just change the way we've been thinking, right? We, we actually actively choose to trust the Lord and to let Him be our stronghold, our place of trust and our source of all that we need. And then we just run to the most loving arms of the most loving God who is all-sufficient and has already poured out his love and his life for us so that we can live in him and through him and by him and with him and we can lack nothing. He wants to be our stronghold, our strong tower, our refuge and our all in all. So I just want to encourage us this week and in the weeks to come and in the months to come, let's find ourselves in a place where we are reading our Bible together with God where we are allowing him through his word to shape our thinking and to transform our thinking and to help us to bring our emotions into line with what he says is true and then let's be praying with him and, um, and really allowing him to be magnified in our situation because we know that whatever we focus on becomes magnified so let's do what scripture says let's fix our eyes and our thoughts on Jesus and um, let's magnify him and let's allow his perspective to be the thing that determines our attitude and our thoughts and our actions and then like David we will be able to boldly say The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I want to encourage you, take this song, declare it daily over yourself, over your family, over your circumstances. And right now, as we end, I want to ask you, declare this over your life. Let's declare this over all of our lives. Let's declare this over our community. Let's declare this over every situation right now in the name of Jesus. So as we end, please declare this with me. Say it out loud. Stand up if you have to. If you need to just position yourself differently so that you've got a different attitude towards whatever is going on. Let's declare this together. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so glad we could worship together. We hope to see you all in person or online again next week. Again, if you haven't joined a life group yet, we would love to get you connected. Life groups are an amazing place where we fellowship and grow together in Christ. Just go to lifehousechurch.ca slash lifegroups to sign up. Also, we just want to encourage you guys to look for uh, the registration link in your inbox to register for our outdoor service. We would love for you guys to be part of worshiping together with us outdoors. We love you, church. See you next week. We love you, We love you, church. See you next week.